Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Star Wars podcast, Bad Badge Breakdown Edition of Season 2, Episode 9, mm-hmm. The Crossing. The Crossing. The Crossing. The and, crossing. And d- Crosshair didn't even appear. <laughs> Missed opportunity, man. <laughs> the whole season. Uh, the team tackles a risky mission on a hostile world. I wouldn't really call it that hostile. Wasn't that? What, the planet? No, I wouldn't really call it hostile so much as it was inconvenient. Yeah, it was inconvenient <laughs> for them. Lion King vibes, kind of similar to the Indiana Jones one, too. Yeah, definitely some Indiana Jones vibes in this one. Yeah. Well, I, we have an episode breakdown to get into, but before we do that, should we start off with some Star Wars news? Sure, we, we sure should. I wonder if we have a graphic for that. I wonder. I wonder. Let me check. Oh, wait. That Good silence evening. at the end is <laughs> so loud. Good evening. Um, Star Wars news. Ba-ba-da-ba. I think the, the main one off the bat is we have a 45-second clip from The Mandalorian Season 3 that released this week. Did clip. you watch you that? It, I did. Do you have it pulled up? I do have it pulled up. Let's uh, let's watch it again because it it's hype. We have 11 days. I know. It's crazy. It's awesome. Isn't that I'm insane? Stoked. I can't wait. So let's watch, uh, let's watch this clip of Mando Season 3 really quick. Now, as I was saying, there's a beautiful parcel available right down here by the flats. I appreciate the offer, but I have some matters to look after. Well, I'm confused. I thought you had completed your mission, but you're still running around here with the same little critter. It's complicated. I completed my quest. He returned to me. I removed my helmet, and now I'm an apostate. Which is all the more reason for you to stay here with us. Where you're from, you may be an apostate, but here you'd be landed gentry. There it is. Amazing. There so it is. Hyped, dude. What a good um, <laughs> Not Carl Weathers' succulent, deep voice. <laughs> he's I, I love Carl Weathers. I, he's, just, he's, he's been persistently around. Since we were kids, he's he's just been yeah. in things. A predator, uh, Rocky. Rocky. <laughs> yeah. Now Mando. I mean, he's been yeah. in a lot of other '80s, awesome '80s classics as well. But um, love to see him back. I'm glad they made him a recurring character, and obviously, a little baby Grogu's back. So force spinning himself. Yeah, he's force spinning <laughs> around, eating his little pomegranate seeds or whatever those are. I thought space M and M's. Space M and M's. Yeah. <laughs> no, it looks it looks great. We have eleven days until Mando season two comes out. It's like, oh my gosh, like it's coming out in eleven days. <laughs> like, I know it's it it's strange because it's been we talked about this a million times, but it feels so long since we've mm-hmm. had the show, which which it has been a while. <laughs> it's been it's been nearly year three years, or two years. I mean, yeah, almost three. Um, It'll be three in December, but yeah, I'm 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 so pumped up. I cannot wait for season yeah, three of this show. Do we show. know how many episodes are there? Maybe we should look that up. I would guess it's going to be the same as the other two seasons, which would be eight. Because the episode length is anywhere between 45 minutes to an hour. So I have to imagine they stick with the same uh, episode Yeah, format. there's eight. Looks like okay. there's eight. Super exciting. I cannot wait. 
I think it's going to be great. It's always, I mean, the last season, they really ramped it up and did an excellent job. I would imagine with this one, especially with all the delays, they want everything to be perfect. And they're setting up uh, a lot of connections with the Ahsoka show, I'm assuming, yep. as well as maybe Andor in some way. I don't know. Or maybe with Bad Batch, too. I don't know. I thought they were going to do that last time. They didn't really. But either way, like, if it just stands on its own, I'm happy <laughs> with that. I think there's definitely, you know, that show coming out with Jude Law, Skeleton Crew? Oh, right. Yeah. So yeah, apparently, apparently, from what I've heard, they're trying to connect Skeleton Crew to Ahsoka to Mando. And apparently that's going to be like a culmination leading into a movie. That's the rumor right now. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, because there's that Star Wars movie coming out. Uh, I don't I forget who's directing it, but I saw some news about that, too. That would be interesting. When is Skeleton Crew supposed to be set? I believe it's the same timeline as Mando and Ahsoka. Ooh, interesting. That's, also, that's Jude why. Law in Star Wars is a very cool addition. Yeah, yeah, I love Jude Law. <laughs> Brings up an interesting question. If you could have any actor join the Star Wars universe, who would it be? Maybe we've talked about this before, but... <sighs> can I tell you what came to mind? I don't know if I necessarily want this, but can I tell you what came to mind? Sure, hit me. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Dude, Nicholas Cage would be sick. I would love Nicholas Cage. <laughs> I think I would just want to see Nicholas. He would fit really well. He's kind of like he has those like campy kind of roles. You know what I mean? I just think it'd be funny. I like. I don't know if it's like something where it's like I'm dying to see Nicholas Cage in Star Wars, but I just think it'd be utterly hysterical to get like a Nicholas Cage alien in Star Wars, or just him as like a goofy senator or something would be. (laughs) I would love that. I I would love that. that. Cast cast Nicholas Cage in Star Wars. I wonder As if a goofy he's been senator, anything in the Star Wars universe before, or maybe anything's been written for him. Who knows? I'd like to see Benedict Cumberbatch. I know people wanted him for like Thrawn, but I think he'd be good as like an Imperial. I think that would be an interesting. He would addition. be fun as a uh, like a Sith. Yeah, I could see that, or like uh, you could do a smog of... voice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Toby Maguire would be a cool addition. To <laughs> Just kidding. We already had him as Sith. <laughs> What would you cast Tobey Maguire as, like an alien or a... I would cast him as Cyril. <laughs> recast Cyril as Tobey Maguire. Recast... You know what? I think I would like Cyril better if he was Tobey Maguire. He is Dude, discount yeah. Tobey Maguire, but like if it was actually Tobey Maguire, I think I could excuse Cyril a little bit more. You know who else would be good? Emily Blunt, I feel like, would be good in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, she would. Who would you cast as her? Like her as a she, senator? Or? No. Oh, you could. Uh, or I was thinking more like imperial. Oh, she'd like be such a good yeah. imperial lady. Yeah. She would so be a totally really that. good. That'd be great. That would be really good. Uh, Helen Mirren, I would love to see in Star Wars. As? <laughs> uh, someone's mother. Someone's like badass mother. I don't know. I feel like she Amy Schumer. Cool. <laughs> Amy Schumer. <laughs> no, thanks. No thanks. Please I don't, keep I don't Amy Schumer in Star Wars. I, uh, she could work, I guess. Depends on the role. Kind of like an Amy Sedaris type role. I don't want Amy Schumer in Star Wars ever. I don't know if, if they wrote her correctly. I could see that happening. <laughs> mm, there's a yeah, that should be another YouTube video that we do. Actors that we would cast in Star Wars and as who, or Ooh. that's something that we could ask AI. Who would Amy Schumer be in Star Wars? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good idea. Maybe we'll do a whole AI episode coming up here. We need to do a whole AI episode where we give them, like, ridiculous prompts, being like, if Amy Schumer was in Star Wars, what role would she play? (laughs) 
Let's do that. We'll do an episode on, on AI, and then we'll do it with uh, what actors we would cast. Okay, that's a deal. Sounds good. good. Stay, right, tuned so stay tuned for our. If you want to see that, make sure you click like and subscribe, and click the notification bell so you're aware of when our new content comes out, so you can see this cool new content that we've created for you. Uh, there's a little plug. Click subscribe below, please, and leave us yes. a review on Apple and Spotify. Um, is that all the Star Wars news we have? Uh, that's all I heard this week. I know it's Star oh. Wars Celebration, like how you mentioned they're going to announce a new movie. Yeah. Um, there's also been uh, – they're filming Andor Season 2 right now in yes. London, I believe. Some So some pictures were, were leaked there. That's exciting. Saw some pictures of uh, Diego Luna and Stellan Skarsgård. So, A.K.A. the best character of that show. Love me some Luthen, so <laughs> that's really exciting. They said uh, someone said they um they were filming at the the uh, Henvar Castle or something, which is what was used in the Phantom Menace. So it looks like they might be on Naboo. Ooh, that would be cool. Yeah, that would be really cool. We went back to got some Naboo vibes. I'd appreciate that. That sounds like fun. Yeah, so that, I'd, I'd be looking forward to that. And then of course we have um, Jedi Survivor coming out in the next. Two months. Two months. Roughly. So, a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff on the way. Also, I think some set photos leaked from, uh, what's it called? The Acolyte? Yeah, wasn't that a while ago, though? Maybe, yeah. Uh, I think there was just, maybe there was a couple more. I don't know. Maybe we already talked about it on the show. But either way, there's a lot of stuff coming out. So exciting on all fronts. So much Star Wars content coming out. Skeleton Crew, Mandalorian. Bad Batch season two is happening right now. Jedi Ahsoka. Survivor, Ahsoka show. I mean, come on, it's a good day to be a Star Wars fan. It is. We got a lot going on. But all right, uh, let's jump in. The Crossing. Uh, before we get into the breakdown scene by scene, what is your general overview or take of this episode? It was good. It's one of the better episodes I thought this season. It had a lot of heart to it. It had a lot of the development that you and I had both been looking for in previous episodes in terms of the relationships that they have with one another Mm -hmm. and how they deal with conflict, um, Mm -hmm. which makes the characters more interesting. It's like almost like they hurt us, (laughs) like (laughs) purposely started doing it because there was like, you know, that internal conflict Like you and I literally brought this up of like, I wish there was more dialogue between them and. There was more like character interplay and, and conflict. Yeah. yeah. So in that regard, I thought it was it was really, really it was really, really good. Um, obviously, not like a ton happened. I think I don't think everyone really loved this one, but I thought it was it was good. It was different from what we've seen before. So yeah. it was an interesting it was an interesting watch and an easy an easy quick watch too. it, it went mm-hmm. by very, very fast, which is a, a sign of a good episode, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. What about you? <clears throat> Sorry, I just like inhaled my own mucus there for a second. Ugh, gross. <laughs> I was, I've been under the weather, you guys. Um, but I, I, uh, I, I thought it was necessary. I thought it was a good up. I'm really happy that they didn't just gloss over the fact that like Echo left because I feel like in previous episodes of this show, like when something emotional happens like the characters just don't talk about it yeah the episode stands alone as if like nothing has happened yeah like there's no like um there's no closure like implications or closure to what has actually happened like i know this is like a minor thing but you know how like tech breaks his leg in the first episode yeah and then like the following episode episode, he's completely fine they do that 
in terms of character development sometimes. So it's like when Echo and Hunter argue in like the first two episodes where Echo's like, we need to be doing more. Like they don't really talk about that for the next few episodes afterwards. Like it's just dropped, like it's specific to the first two episodes and then they drop it and then they don't talk about it again until Echo actually chooses to leave. And I think that's been like one of my biggest gripes with the show is like the character moments haven't really been allowed to have impact or like be a character moment. So the fact that like the Bad Batch were fighting with each other this episode and then Tech gets snippy at Omega and then later that they have a heart to heart on it and he's like, yeah, I miss him, but like we need to move on because that's necessary. Yeah. And he made a decision and I have to respect that. And so I thought it was really nice to actually see some conflict and then resolution play out on it because like an I don't know because in uh, in past episodes it's just like it hasn't been there and you're you don't really feel the impact of the the character relationship so it was really nice to see that fulfilled this week in a little yeah. way I agree I think you hit the nail on the head it's uh it was good it was just uh it was well thought out I thought I don't necessarily agree with people who are like this was just terrible filler and I'm like I don't think it was filler because they were like they were dealing with the loss of a character that happened in the mid-season finale so it definitely wasn't filler on that front but also it was like a fun like little adventure yeah like it actually had like a a story backbone like they're going through an adventure but the backbone of that little adventure was they're trying to deal with the fact that echo is no longer there yeah and then you also have those elements of sid as well like that stuff kind of creeps on back which is also important. It's so that it does kind of contribute to the overarching story that mm-hmm. we've seen presented thus far. So in that regard, yeah, I, I, I agree. It, like, I don't think, it, again, I don't really love the word like filler episode, but like, and this one didn't, nope. but this one didn't feel like that either. Like some of these other ones that they had where they're just kind of doing their own thing and not addressing the stuff that's happened in the past. This wasn't really that it was, there were still those undertones of everything going on their work and, and the stuff that they're working through mentions of crosshair and echo and them leaving. And then the, the frustrations between everyone in the group yeah it was it was purposeful yeah there was a there was a purpose uh to it but yeah let's uh let's break it down scene by scene to get into some details regarding this episode for sure so we start out the episode uh bad batches in the marauder to a desert planet planet going to an ipsium mine that sid uh has purchased the clones are going to excavate um, the the mineral Ipsium, um, which Lorem Ipsium. Lorem Ipsium. <laughs> Actually, there's an interesting there's an interesting little factoid here. Ipsium is it seems to be a play on the word ipsum, which is a Latin word uh, meaning like himself, herself, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's it's referring to himself herself them themselves their self like that sort of idea. I took Latin mm-hmm. in high school, no big deal. Um, <laughs> so by going to an Ipsium mine, in a way, they're kind of going to a that cave to find themselves, not just Ooh. the mineral, but in a Look way. Look at you in the metaphorical writer side of you coming out. That's cool. It's clever. Yeah, it's a, that was definitely on purpose. I thought. Um, because when we were watching it, I'm like, Ipsium, why does that sound so familiar? And you pulled it out, too. You're like, Lorem Ipsum, because that's what <laughs> pops up in, like, PowerPoint presentations when you haven't put yeah. it together yet. But, yeah, that's what it means. It means, like, I think it's himself, herself, something. So I think that's kind of what the writers were trying to do is, like, oh, they're going to find themselves a little bit more, which interesting. And there's some moments of that throughout that we can talk about in a bit. They get to the mine. They're going to go in and extract it. It seems like a pretty normal mission. And Hunter assigns Omega and Wrecker to 
keep watch. Tech is like, no, don't. We need Wrecker. Omega's like, I'll serve as a lookout, which doesn't seem like a great idea. I think you probably need some backup there. I don't think a 13-year-old is going to be able to stop anyone from doing anything bad. You three go. Yeah. You three go without me. Um, (laughs) So Wrecker ends up to stay behind. So this is the first, like, conflict we get with that. Wrecker's like, yeah, I'm going to stay behind with Omega. I'm not going to – Hunter's like, you got to come with us. And then Wrecker's like, no, I'm going to stay behind. Um, During this, we see a masked figure who's looking at them with a pair of macro binoculars. Interesting. Who do we think this is? So one of our followers suggested that it could be Boba. I thought something similar. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think it's Boba. I think, I think it's obviously a child. I think it's a child. Teen, like a teenager. Like a teenager of like 14, 15, 16, 17. I don't know. But like the, the shape and size of said individual is too small to be an adult. So I think it's definitely like a child slash teenager. I think... So there's a shot in the original season two trailer that looks like a group of very young clones that are like being used for... Looks like they're being used for like slave purposes in the season two trailer. And I'm wondering now if that kid is maybe a young clone mm, interesting. based on that shot in the trailer could be I, i'd have to look at the the shot of him again um maybe i can pull up the season two trailer well yeah I'm, i also i'm just trying to look at the like the actual episode to see because i forget it's a mask whoever it is is wearing a mask that looks familiar to us in previous what the kid yeah let me see okay. if i can i need Oh, I don't think it's in the... Wow, we've already seen, like, all of these shots from the trailer, which is interesting. So, uh, there is a specific shot. I think it's in the first trailer that uh, Kevin Yost did. Oh, right. Here, let me share this. This is who we're talking about. Oh, you know what? This totally might be that episode. Oh, that, yeah. I think that's Definitely a kid. looks like a kid, yeah. Because Boba at this point, I don't even think Boba's that small. You know? Mm, I don't know. It's tough to tell from here. Well, like, look at look up a picture of Boba from, uh, oh, God, what would have been? Season four of Clone Wars, which I think might have been the last time we saw him. Season four or five. I can't remember the last time we saw Boba in Clone Wars. But that doesn't look yeah, like right. him he looks, to me. He's more of like, but I mean, he's Omega's age, right? No. No, wait, wait. Yeah, like he looked, that almost looks like, first of all, that facial expression. <laughs> He's so moody, dude. He's so broody. How moody he is. <laughs> He's such a broody kid. Uh, I don't, uh, they're not the same age. Omega, uh, Omega is, is not, well, Boba doesn't have accelerated aging either. Well, either way, it could be. I think that'd be an interesting choice. If it was, that would be an interesting choice. I think um, I want to pull it. But either way, I don't think they want you to really have an idea yet. They're they're keeping that very close to the chest. Um, oh, you know was, what? Yeah. I pulled up a – I don't think we've seen this kid yet. I'm going to pull up this shot from the trailer. We have not seen that kid yet. 
Who is that? Oh, interesting. We have not that seen... looks like that is someone that's going to come back. I don't know who that is. What if that was Boba? Maybe they just animated him differently. No, because Boba... Well, he did shave his head, but they could have given him hair again. I don't think that is. I don't think that is. That kind of... You know what that looks like? That kid kind of looks like the the other youngling in the same arc with, like, Gunji. The, um... Oh, what is that I kid's mean, name? He's so that annoying. Is, that is whoever is looking at them in the binoculars. Is it? Yeah, 100%. Look at this. Do you want me to stop sharing? Okay. Oh, my God. So, like, look at his hands. Yep, that's him. Yeah. So that's who this is. So... I don't know. You can't really tell from that. Maybe so it's whoever a that is, taking boba. I don't know, but um, that's who it is. Yeah. So we've done some research. We figured out who it is. It's this guy. Whoever this guy is. His name. Whoever this like kid is. Columbus Prumpy or something. He's got a big nose. Yeah, he's hot. <laughs> uh, so anyway, okay. He's he's looking at the ship, okay. <laughs> looking to to do some to to be a nair dweller. How often does he do well? Nair. That uh, was bad. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Um, inside the mine, Hunter and Tech find that the, that has been depleted. There's not much Ipsium there. So they go back deeper into the mine. Tech finds a faint reading and says it's going to be hard to reach. So Hunter proposes bringing a dip, deeper hole, but they, they think that um, it'd be dangerous to destabilize it because it might blow up and kill them all. So outside the mine, Omega's talking and saying how it's weird without Eco. And Wrecker's like, you'll get used to it. And uh, this is we can tell this is clearly bothering Omega. She's she's very sad to see her little buddy gone. Um, Hunter gets on the comlink, says that they need Omega's help inside the mine because she, she needs her tiny little body to go help be delicate and extract the Ipsium. So she goes in there, she extracts it, puts it in a, in a little canister. Interesting little tool she's got there. Cool, um, cool effect, I We thought. see the stranger approaching the Marauder. This cannot be good. And uh, they discover that the the rest of the Bad Batch comes out. They have they they want to go back to the planet. They're saying that the the weather p- patterns are different. But then they see this guy stealing the ship. Interesting dynamics arise as Hunter is now angry with Wrecker for neglecting his duties. Oh. And Wrecker's saying there's no uh, he says there was nobody there, and they're all arguing now. I think this is the first like. It's interesting how they're like disagreeing with with one another. Also, Wrecker, like, why'd they park there? I don't understand why it wasn't in the view. Of, <laughs> they, like, they parked super well. They parked yeah. there because Tech was like, it was the only suitable landing area that was stable or whatever. He says something about it, like why they parked there. <laughs> also, you guys don't lock the car. You didn't click the locker button on your car. <laughs> yeah, come on. Yeah. There's no the, security systems in these expensive ships. Yeah, that is a little weird. I thought. Uh, I thought so. So two things here. One, um, I like that. They're finally, like, showing us, like, Hunter's special skill again throughout this episode, which is he can sense things. Like, he has got a very – he's very tuned into what's going on around him. Like, he's got, like, a heightened sense. And that was brought up in, like, the first arc with the Bad Batch and the Clone Wars. But, like, they haven't really, like, talked about it much since then. So it was kind of nice to see that kick back in. I like to refer to it as his dad sense because it happens so many times in the episode where it's, like, he'll, like – it's almost like the Spidey sense where he'll be sitting there and he just goes – something's wrong <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like there was one moment where he he goes they, they come out of like the mine after you know getting it before the ship gets stolen and 
Hunter goes down and he like picks up the dirt and examines it. And he's like, he says something along the lines of storms coming. I'm like yeah, you yeah. got all of that just from picking up the dirt. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I thought that was funny too. He's like, "There's a storm on the way." Yeah. Like, so I don't know. Okay. Like his the, the sense thing that was funny to me throughout the episode. The other thing too is like when the batch starts arguing, like there's so much passive aggression happening <laughs> between them, where they're just taking shots at each other. Where it would be like Hunter's like, "Wrecker, like why didn't you see this happening?" And Wrecker's like, "There was nobody there." And then like Tech takes a shot at Wrecker. Yeah. So, <laughs> Like, there was a lot of that passive aggressiveness that you would naturally see between, I don't know, like a sibling dynamic. So that made yeah, me Yeah, for sure. It's, there's a lot of that brotherly dynamic in this episode, for sure. Um, uh, Omega wants to get the, the Marauder back. Text like, how, how could you miss the ship getting stolen? And then he's like, you were distracting me. Um, Tech checks his scanner, as he always does, and finds a spaceport 40 clicks south of the mine um he's like he just they get a they get a, a ship there so they grumble about it and uh they start walking through a canyon um Ek, or i'm sorry omega's like i'm gonna contact echo and then text like oh he must have disabled his communication device and he's like he must be on a sensitive <laughs> mission which do we think that's true is that really why or do you think like do you think maybe echo just has it off because he doesn't want to talk with them for the time being because it makes him sad or something I, th- I thought he would have just turned it off because it's dangerous to communicate. That's what yeah. I would have thought, you know, like just in terms of because the stuff that Rex is doing right now seems very sensitive, like like it's not something that they would want to be on the Empire's radar for. Like Rex has a little bit more. He's a little bit more involved in in what's going on at the moment. And I would gather that Echo would turn off his communicator because it's just dangerous and it's not a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Um, the again, they have the spidey senses tingling, and uh, they have the herd of wildebeests that come through <laughs> and start chasing after them. <laughs> the blatant lion king, lion king inspiration. Reference. <laughs> Luckily, they have grappling hooks, and they go up there. They drop the Ipsium. Tech's like, "You got to jump on that wrecker." Of course, Wrecker gets the, the worst job on the planet, has to get trampled by a bunch of wildebeests, Star Wars wildebeests. They nearly uh, they nearly like, him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What if Tech just pushed him off and was like, you have to do that? It's like, long live the king. Uh, so they, they, they protect it so it doesn't explode. Thank God. But uh, don't, don't get happy too yet because the thing ends up exploding anyhow while they're fleeing inside of the mine and it blows up and strands them inside very similar to lord of the rings mines of moria very similar kind of uh vibe going on here it definitely reminded me of uh the end of uh the last uh indiana jones uh, the last crusade where they're going through the um oh god the little uh the canyon canyon area That's what that that's what the whole design looked like, you know, where the wildebeest trample through yeah. that looked exactly like the end of uh, the third Indiana Jones movie. Totally. Yeah, yeah, it did look a lot like that, which I watched the other day, by the way, I watched the end of it, by the way, the other day holds up. Great movie. Such a good um, film. <laughs> uh, they're saying, well, they're like, what are we going to do? That must be a scary thing to happen. You're stuck in a mine. You can't get your um, can't get out. You have no idea how you're going to get out. Uh, Omega's trying to get uh, a signal to the Marauder, but it's not relaying it. Text like this guy probably disabled it. And um, 
which is interesting to me because it's like seems like the thief was maybe tracking them for a while you know looking at him through the binoculars knows how to turn off the the transponder um, yeah seems like he had some kind of agenda you know yeah maybe to so, lure them somewhere i don't know yeah it, i thought that was interesting it doesn't seem like a random thing like someone saw it and wanted to steal a ship for parts it seemed more planned out than that to me well also because the the general area is abandoned right so it's like why would you so, be in that area it's not like yeah it it, it almost raises my suspicions towards uh sid mm. so you know trying to get rid of them I don't know. She's super. She's super shady. They've been she's hinting crafty. at her exit, and I don't. Yeah, but I don't would, know. Like, she didn't seem that seems bothered. To be really valuable. I mean, I could see her wanting that too. Yeah. Either way, um, uh, Hunter says they should focus on digging themselves out of the mine. Tech agrees and says it's unlikely that Mar- Marauder will be recovered. Omega is not happy about this. She says uh, she doesn't want to lose, lose hope. It's, it's their home, and she doesn't want to lose that home like she lost Echo. She's clearly very upset about Echo. Hunter explains that Echo's on another mission, but she says that he's not here. There's supposed to be a squad. And then Tech's like, hey, we existed before Echo, the squad, and we'll exist after Echo. We're fine. And he goes, what is your issue? <laughs> so seems like – I thought this was interesting. because it That, that like was pretty good, by the way. It. He's kind of <laughs> approaching it in a way where he's like – we have to deal with this. You got to deal with it too. Like we're not we're not stoked about it, but like this is the situation we're in. Yeah. He, but I felt some resentment, maybe a little bit towards Echo too. But he's just like this is the and he's taking it out on Omega a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the vibe I got there. Yeah. Um, I I think I think this episode was just kind of displaying how they all deal with it in yeah. different ways. Like Omega, yeah, they obviously, all, they all put their heads down and just move forward, and she wants to talk about it. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, yeah. she is she's a young girl. They even and, say something about this later about being soldiers and that's how they deal with it, you know. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, so she doesn't like this comment, throws the whatever it was at him, some kind of device, I don't the know. The mining device. There you go. And uh walks away. She I want to be alone. Um text like I merely stated the truth. And Hunter's like she's upset because she already knows the truth. So she's exploring the mine, trying to find uh, shelter, and she discovers a buttload of Ipsy, <laughs> like a ton. They hit the mother of Lorem Ipsum. <laughs> Lorem Ipsum. She found herself in the mine. She found a lot of Lorem Ipsum. Uh, yeah. So Hunter and Wrecker are like being big older brothers here, and they're like, "Go fix your relationship <laughs> with Omega." And uh, Hunter's like, "Omega's having a hard time with it. She's just a kid." Older brother vibes here. It's like the older brother is telling the younger brother who got in a fight with their younger sister, go, go be nice. Go fix it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Tech catches up with Omega. They found this, this big cavern, uh, and they could use some of it to, to blow their way out since it's so, what's it, potent or explosive, whatever. It's more pure than the one that they found in Sid's, Sid's mine, and so they're going to extract as much as they can. So Omega asked her if he, asked him if he trusts her to do that. Kind of a little passive aggressive comment here. There's and, so much passive aggressiveness. And he's like, I know episode. you're fully capable of doing the task. And then Omega's like, retrieve the empty vials from my sigil. I love the way she says sigil. My sigil. You're doing some uh, pretty decent impressions here. I'm, I'm getting yeah, better. The way as you we go said, on. the way, the way that text says, what is your issue? Yeah. Like you said that what so perfectly. Yeah. yeah. That's literally how he said it. That's how Brits say issue. They don't say ish. They say is. Issue. Um, issue. So they issue? are collecting the they're, – they're, they're, they are filling up the Ipsium vials or whatever. And then Omega decides to reach for the most dangerous area ever, 
Classic. For some reason. I don't know why she decided to to go to that one, but uh, she loses her balance. Big surprise. Like, why are you reaching for the one that's like on a ledge? There's so many other areas you could get it from, but whatever, I guess. You know what I love, too, is like the Bad Batch are constantly allowing her to get into these dangerous situations. Yeah, it's like, at least by now, you think that they would have learned that it's not a good idea to let a young child wander off on her own. Like, even if she's upset, because she constantly gets herself into these scenarios and yeah. so it's just like he <laughs> flabbergasts me it's like how many times have we been through this guys like <laughs> how many times are we gonna continue to let the child go off on her own and get into a dangerous situation yeah. like i think it's pretty obvious like you can't really trust her to be that self-sufficient she's still 13 <laughs> like, it's good experience it's good life experience for her what can i say well it's she good life dead. experience until you're dead well I thought she was going to die at first. I was like, oh, she just fell. What if that's how they killed her? She just falls down to the cabin and dies. Or what if she was falling down and there's a Balrog and it's like Lord of the Rings when Gandalf's chasing the Balrog down the the shaft? That would have been a badass death. <laughs> and um, Tech, our boy, just jumping in straight after her without thinking. Yeah, Tech just immediately jumps after her, which is a noble thing to do. Really dark scene here. Too dark. I couldn't really tell what was going yeah, on. Yeah, I couldn't tell what was going on. Yeah, I even commented like a, on this in my reaction video. I tried to turn up the brightness on my yeah, computer, but like I could not see anything. It was like the uh, the Game of Thrones season eight episode, the battle. I know you haven't watched Game of Thrones, but uh, they have this big battle with all these dragons and stuff. It's a sweet battle if you can see it on the TV. Uh, it's so dark, it's hard to see anything. And this is what that's what this reminded me of. It's like, I can't really tell what's going on. But it seems like <laughs> you know they're what? in some kind of rapids or something. And Well, you know what this reminded me of? What? Like the first... No, not even the first. Solo. This reminded me of Solo because Solo is shot so dark in some scenes. Like the first 15 minutes of the movie, you cannot tell what's going on because it's like Han and Kira are like running through like the little, I don't know, sewer area in the beginning. And it's so dark and so blue. You can't make out like what these characters are doing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember much of Solo, to be honest. Neither do I, man. I just remember being in the theater and thinking, I can't see shit. <laughs> yeah, I just remember the worst line of any movie where they're like, Han, and they're just like, Solo. Like, oh, God. Oh, such it. a dumb, unnecessary movie. No disrespect to Alden Einrich, or however you say his name. I think he did the best he possibly could, but that what was that movie? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, anyway, keep going. Yeah. So uh, they're swept by the rapids into a waterfall. They manage to get back in contact with Hunter, and they're like, we took a detour. Um, Hunter's like, where are you? And it's like, How? they're like, I don't know. <laughs> Stand by. So they soon discover light. They find a passage beyond the wall. They need Ipsium to blast their way out. So Tech tells Hunter to come meet us with the Ipsium, and we'll blast our way out. Wreckers being a grumpy grumbler and uh, decides to follow along. So this is a nice scene that we have coming up here. Tech tells Omega that once the others join them, they'll find a way out. And Omega's like, we've still lost our ship. And we can't contact Echo for help. And Tech's like, we do not need his help, and we'll figure out a solution, as we always do. Good life advice, by the way. I like the positive attitude from Tech. We'll figure out a solution, as we always do. Omega learning stuff here. You'll. This is a good – I said this in my reaction video, but good lesson for life. You don't have to have everything figured out the second it happens, but you'll get it figured out. You'll get it sorted. You're alive. You've made it up to this point in your life. You'll get you'll get your problem sorted. So I think that's good advice from Tech. Omega's still upset about it, but um, Tech is, says it's something about being a, a fundamental part of life. Um, and then Omega gets angry and says, why are you not bothered that Echo left? 
and uh, Tex, this is uh, this is where Tex says that thing that we were talking about. He's like, soldiers just deal with change. That's how they're, yeah. they're meant to be. And they've gone through tough stuff before. It's it, this is really nothing that new to them, you know. Yeah. Um, well, they're they're created to be a, easily adaptable to change. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's why they're Clone Force ninety nine. Right. And that's how all the clones are. I mean, they're soldiers. You have to. I mean, in a in a world like this, but also when you're an adult, even when you're just an adult in the world, you have to learn how to deal with stuff and yeah, and be unhappy sometimes and just keep moving forward. Um, but then Omega says, "We're a family. Why don't you act like it?" And then Tech is uh, this is a nice moment here as he just he says, um, "Echo chose a different path, and Crosshair did too." You know, great dialogue. I thought that he said they have to respect their decisions, even though it's difficult to understand. He says he processes it differently, but it doesn't mean that he's different from Omega. I thought this was a really good exchange yeah. here. I thought it I thought it was really well written and honestly it's like these are the these are the things about TV shows that I really like and I really appreciate which are the quiet character moments. Like I love I love like, you know, the big battle, like the excitement of like fighting together or like what's the force and like the Jedi versus the Sith or like the spirituality of Star Wars. But it's like the little tiny quiet character moments are what make shows like this for me and like how they like interact with each other and how they feel about Tech's response to Echo leaving and further to that crosshair. Like that's really different. Like he processes that like super different. It's something that he can move on from easier because they've been trained to be that way. Whereas like Omega can't. Yeah. Like, she's much more sensitive. This is what we needed more of in uh, those other episodes, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I think that this is, like, this is the backbone that you and I have been talking about. Right. It's like, you don't need characters to fight or argue every single episode. They, they don't need to have, like, this massive, like, inner conflict every single episode. But it is nice to actually sit down and give them moments of quiet depth. Yeah. And, I, and I see how they respond to things. So from a writing standpoint, I just appreciate that this was here. And I only wish that they had more moments like this prior to Echo leaving. Because saying, it would have made it way more impactful. Yeah, I think one thing, and this I think this is a bigger discussion, but I think one of my gripes is that Echo leaving was inevitable. And one thing in the show that I think that they're trying to tell us is that Echo and Omega have had like this deeper bond than the other members of the Bad Batch, or at least that's like kind of how they've been presenting it to us. But I don't think that there's been a lot of evidence to back that up. I wish that we had, like prior to Echo leaving, like I wish we had more moments of him like bonding with Omega or yeah. her like asking him questions about things or him continuing her training. He trained her like a little bit last season, but then when he leaves, he's like, oh, like continue your training. I'm like, yeah, but we haven't really had any moments of you being with her. Yeah, you know? they have one moment when she's meditating in the Gunji thing, but they should yeah. have made it more prominent. Like he was like her little mentor or something. Yeah, or he was the one who was primarily teaching her how to use the the bow and arrow thing that she's been using. Like we got a little bit of that last season, but they don't give us a ton of moments to actually see that depth play out. And I just wish that like prior to him leaving, like we had these quiet moments of their relationship to each other. So when he is taken away, you kind of feel them being ripped apart. Yeah. You know, cause, cause they're implying that she had like this great relationship with him Yeah, when there's not a ton of evidence to support that necessarily. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And they could have easily done that in episodes uh, four and five. Oh, or, for sure. Yeah. Four, five and six. 
or whatever. Either way, the two are soon joined by Hunter and Wrecker and have followed Tech's instructions. Omega is optimistic and says it wasn't so bad. Um, Tech positions the vial of Ipsium near the hole, and they blast it. They blast the large hole. Uh, They are able to get out, luckily, but then they discover the spaceport through their binoculars, and it looks like it's deserted. So they're going to go explore it, see what they can find. Um, They get there. It has been abandoned. Wrecker says, we came for nothing. Tech reassures they can send out a long-range transmission and with a communications array. And uh, the Bad Batch asks, they they call Sid, and they're like, hey, can you help us get us out of here? And Sid's kind of a bitch. (laughs) <laughs> like, I'm preoccupied with other matters. Figure it out. I didn't. I didn't tell you to get stranded, did I? And uh, she's not being very nice. We're kind of seeing the the annoying side of Sid, which I think is foreshadowing some uh, maybe them not working with her anymore next time. She says um, she's unconcerned. Why did they call Rex? I don't know. Uh, weird, weird call. Maybe he's busy with something. Maybe maybe they are on a mission. Maybe they know that Echo and and Rex actually are on a mission. I don't know. But Omega's like, hey, uh, we helped you with all your problems um, with Chinhorn Guy or whatever. Roland Durand, the 80s singer. (laughs) Roland Durand. (laughs) That guy, dude, that guy's sick. That's the uh, the guy with the horns, right? Yeah, yeah. Remember you were like, why does he sound like an 80s pop star? (laughs) He does. He does. Roland Durand, dude, that's a sick name. Roland Durand. I guess it kind of sounds like like that it's like Duran Duran maybe that's why Roland is a sick name Roland Duran he has the new song Go uh, Go 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 by Roland Duran go, that would be an 80s go, song Go 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 for those um, of you who've been cool. following along with the show for a while, that's a reference to an episode that we did last year. Yeah, Roland so go Durant. check that out if you Roland want to see Durant. what that is. Maybe I'll start my new artist project under the name Roland Durant. Um, <laughs> so Sid's finally like, fine, fine, I'll come. And then Sid's like, we don't even have enough Russians. And then they just she just ends the transmission again, being kind of a b word. Uh, so they're like, records like, also well, what are we going to do now? And then Omega goes, we'll figure it out. Like we always do. She gets she gets the um that was a terrible Omega impression. But that she, she <laughs> it was uses pretty the bad. line that she learned from Tick. Tick Iku so Riki. She's learned something. So that was a good way to wrap it up, I thought. And then the episode cuts to black, we end. Solid episode. Yeah. I think uh there's a lot to I think it it was just really nice because it was a a character focused episode above everything else. Which I think has really, really been needed. Something that I really liked that I did not bring up is that I really got an 80s vibe from this episode in general. Like, for some reason, the overall vibe, like, of the environments, including the music, felt very, like, 80s synthesize <laughs> Like, and I really appreciated that vibe just because I'm a huge fan of anything from the 60s to the 80s. Like, I just love those time periods. So I really appreciated that. In fact, it kind of, in a weird way, like the scenes in like the cavern or the mines, I guess you would call them. It, it, some of the music sounded like a little Blade Runner-y. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was one thing I meant to mention. The score for this, the um, the music yeah. for this episode was really, really good. Very ethereal. Um, yeah. Very cool. Just it fit it fit the tone very nicely. I, I just, I don't know. As far as like the overall vibe of this episode went, I really dug it. I also thought that like the animation in this episode was some of the best 
in the show. Like, the scene with Tech and Omega when they fall into the water, like, the way that was lit, like, you can totally tell that the animation team was like, we're going to flex here and we're going to hold it <laughs> for a little bit. Yeah. Like, I just thought it was spectacularly done. I, I just, I get such a huge kick out of how creative this show is. It's you know? creative, yeah. Like, just well like with the it. environments, the music, I think it takes a lot of risks, but they still stick to the Star Wars format. Like, I think they, t- I think the show really excels at taking creative risks while still sticking to that Star Warsiness. Totally. I think, um, I think that was what kind of set this one apart from some of the mm-hmm. other episodes was like there's just more attention to detail yeah yeah it, it, yeah i think that's a really good way to put it I, I feel like there was a lot of attention to detail in this one i think also something worthy of note is i'm gonna guess that sid's betrayal will be next episode because she was acting very sus yeah and i don't know if that's i i mean like I, this has been a while coming i mean when did they hint at her betrayal like three episodes ago four four episodes ago yeah, the the racing one, whatever one that one. Yeah, the racing one. So I have to imagine that this is either going to come the next episode or the episode after. The one thing that I do want to bring up is what what is going on on the crosshair story end of things? I don't know. Like, what's going he, on I there? I thought he was going to be a bigger part of the show, like more of an evil force behind this. But he, he's a very underutilized why, this season. Why have we not gotten like anything on him? Like, I just find that so bizarre because he has had the only episode that he's been in this season is easily like one of the best. I think that that episode, the solitary clone and truth and consequences and the clone conspiracy are the three standout episodes of the season. Like they are so, so good. But it is so bizarre to me that we've had three adventure episodes with the Bad Batch. And none, uh, no other ones have been devoted to Crosshair? Yeah. I I don't... Like, why are they dragging it out? Is it because they can wrap up his story, like, super quick and they don't feel like they have anything more to tell? Like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Like, I think you're losing the weight behind the character a little bit. Also, Cody, what what the heck is going on there? And why are we taking, why are we taking so long to resolve these story elements? I don't mind waiting a little bit, but we've literally had like four episodes, Matt, of hijinks. I know. And then we have one, two, three, four, five episodes left until the two episode season finale. So maybe they'll start crossing the worlds a little bit more. I really hope we get crosshair next week. I think that they need to. I I don't think we're going to because now the Bad Batch have to get off that planet. And I don't think they're going to give a subplot. Of Crosshair. If they just ignore it and they're just like, they, yeah, they got off. That would annoy me, actually. <laughs> it's just like they somehow got off. It's like, what? That would really annoy me. I bet they to will. No I bet you they will because they already, they already left it. I'm like, we'll figure it out like you always will. And then they'll just ignore it. That's, I don't know. Okay. That's, that's the problem I'm having with this show right now is they'll introduce like problems, whether that's a character problem or tech getting injured or like a plot problem. And then it's like miraculously resolved. There's no linear thread through it like they don't see it through and that's what's bugging me the most about the show and i I guess it's a criticism for me because the bad batch is a more self-contained story than the clone wars yeah the clone wars was an anthology series it could skip around because that was the nature of the show it was very randomized because it made up the clone wars with the bad batch you're so focused in on this one group it's like i think it begs to have more linear storytelling 
Right. And I swear to God, if we jump off this planet in the next episode with no explanation, I'm going to be annoyed. It won't surprise me. I'm just saying, get your expect it to be like that because that's what I'm assuming. Let's jump into questions. What do you think? uh, We can jump into questions, but do you have any concluding thoughts on this episode? I mean, overall? Uh, Good. It's it's one of those stronger episodes of the season. Not my favorite one, but definitely those the subtleties of this one were very strong. I'd give it like a 7.6. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good rating. Well above average. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not the best episode of the season, but it was good. I enjoyed it. What about you? I think it – I think probably around the same age, like 7.8, 0.9. You know, yeah, that's. I mean, i i think uh, I think I think you're right. I think the subtleties are what made this episode. I think I think the subtleties are what made this episode stand out in comparison to the other hijinky adventures because it had more depth. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Way more depth and good character development and good score and uh, good pacing. I think as well. Yeah, very very good pacing. Let's jump into viewer thoughts. Viewer thoughts, viewer thoughts, let's get into your viewer thoughts. Make a bumper for this one too. Blap, bloop, 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 bloop. Scooby doop, ba dop, ba dop, bang. There you go. So, okay, wow, some long, some long comments here. Questions, comments, dramas, dramas. Back to the Future fan writes It was nice to, for the show, to acknowledge the absence of Echo. Why wasn't Wrecker standing with a ship in view? I agree with that. Uh, I admit I didn't really like Tech's character last season, but he's growing on me. I agree. I think his character has grown a lot. They're doing a much better job of focusing in the inner qualities of each one of these members. Um, I think that they've really made an effort to – I think they they made an effort to focus in on Tech, which is – might be concerning. Which might be concerning. (laughs) That is concerning. Um, The Bachelor realizing that Sid's not a good person, doesn't really care about him. Sid warned about someone might steal their ship. Says, sorry, that sounds like a you problem. Oh, I guess I didn't notice that. Did she warn them? If she did warn them, then maybe it is her. I don't know. That is weird. She did she she did say, I warned you. I believe I believe she said that. And then she's like, it's not my I don't know. She seemed so unbothered. Yeah. Like it just was really suspicious. Her reaction to that was really suspicious to me. <laughs> yeah, it was. Because she was like kind of buddy, she's been kind of buddy buddy with them, and they have helped her a lot. And then she's really changed her tune. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she hired that person to steal the ship from them. Ooh. She could have, or maybe she's being the blackmailed by the Empire or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, like think think about this. What what could her motivation be? The Empire comes in and they're like, "Hey, we're going to give you fifty thousand credits if you sell out the Bad Batch." Does, and she's like, "Oh, I'm set for life then." Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's like you kind of have to think about her motivations there. But then again, like Sid doesn't have that much character development. We don't know that much about her. No, they haven't really had a, a Sid episode. No. So, but that's a good. Sorry, I summarized a lot of that that comment. But all really good thoughts. Um, that guy wrote. Uh, that guy wrote. <laughs> that I enjoyed guy. it. It's nice to get more insight into tech. I think he's my favorite character. Interesting. Uh, Chris writes, it was really nice. Definitely not a filler. We got to see how Omega and Tech deal with their emotions after Echo left. A bit of a deeper bond between these two. And I find Sid annoying. The Batch has done so much for her and she doesn't even show them a little gratitude. I wouldn't be surprised if it turned out she's behind all the misfortunes that have happened to them. That would be interesting if they did some Mm -hmm. kind of thing at the end where it's like, oh, she ends up 
she, like she's the reason why a bunch of bad stuff has happened. So she's been bad like all along. You know, uh, this this is uh, slightly random, but have you seen the first Puss in Boots movie? No. Okay, so in the first the first Puss in Boots movie, Humpty Dumpty is played by Zach Galifianakis, and at the end of the movie, um, Humpty Dumpty betrays Puss in Boots, and Puss is like, "What? How could you do this?" And <laughs> Humpty Dumpty's like. I was always there, puss. And then it's like throughout the moments of the film, they have like yeah. this montage showing that like Humpty was there for like all the integral moments of the film. And it's like him in the background. Yeah, yeah it's him in the background of every like important movie or important scene in the movie. And I'm just imagining something similar with Sid. Where it's like, She's just in the back of everything. Like it's actually in the her I have to just send you that clip. It's so hysterical, but I think I would die laughing if it was like, <laughs> Sid was like, I was behind all of it. <laughs> she's just there. What if she was? She. What if she's a Sith Lord? <laughs> That's a theory. That's a theory. I um, just spit out all my water. I hope you're happy. <laughs> I am happy. Good. You can spit take. That's what you want. That's what we want for the show. Um, Nona Gray wrote, I loved it. So did Tony West. I loved it. Count Drake writes, my theories after the next episode, they're going to quit working with Sid. Possibly. Said said, I liked the episode. Emotions were not there seeing Echo. We're not there. Episode. Emotions were not there seeing. Were there oh, not. Emotions were there seeing Echo. Sorry, I'm dyslexic, guys. So that's why I. <laughs> Screw these words up. Looks like Omega got some development. Tech's emotional emotional development. Teb is the worst employer. I don't know who Teb is. <laughs> it's probably Sid, but wrote this. Most of the filler episodes are just Bad Batch saving her from her own mistakes. Okay. Mr. Brick fan did not like this. Piece of trash. Stupid filler. Uh, although not that bad. Okay, so he changes his tune here. <laughs> I did like how Tech is acting more human instead of a technical genius, and I think the episode leads to something big happening for the Batch. Like they realize they're done with Sid or Sid betrays them and they decide to join Rex and Echo to help the clones escape the Empire to take their chips out. That would be annoying. I mean, that would be not annoying. That would be good, I think. Yeah. If they joined them. And then, uh, yeah. So, and now it's time for the winner of the free t-shirt. Oh, for this week's comment. For this week's comment question goes to a very good consistent writer to the show, who we love, Neil McNulty. Ooh. So, Neil, you, we will be sending you a another Star Wars pod T-shirt. Also, guys, give us some time to send these things out. It can take a little while, so they mm-hmm. will they will come. But, Neil, please reach out to us at anotherstarwarspod at gmail.com with your address and details, and we will get that out to you, as well as your shirt size. Um, and we will send that to you. So, congratulations, Neil. Neil writes, I do love me a space western. Favreau once said when looking for inspiration – for the Mandalorian rather than watching old Star Wars they went back and watched films that inspired George Lucas Filoni has touched on this before and this episode to me felt very Star Warsy, while also feeling new and I think this is why I don't exactly I don't know exactly what the writers have planned for Omega but I think they need to do it soon they have shown mm. a lot of growth with their character and when she shines she really freaking shines like she did in both parts of the season one finale I'm getting a little bit tired of the child and distress trope that she keeps <laughs> falling into literally in this case very good point Music design was incredible, especially that opening track with the sci-fi Western fusion. Animation was incredible, and the Ipsium Cave was stunning. Now for the question. The conflict within the squad was much more prominent in this episode, but I think the show has been subtly hinting at and alluding to differences, divisions, conflicts, etc. Assuming that the show doesn't completely disband the squad, what do you think is the writer's long-term plan for this conflict? Another Star Wars podcast rocks. Thank you, Neil. Appreciate it. Okay, so first of all, Neil... 
this is a fantastic analysis slash question. So, wow. I mean, this is awesome. Um, what do you think about his question, Matt? What do you think is the – do we get a resolution to that or they are going to stay – are they going to stay together? Because I, I do agree. I think that we've got a lot of disbanding and – Do you think I, the writers even have a long-term plan? A lot of times people writing these shows don't. They have a short-term plans because they don't know how long the show is going to go if, if it's renewed for a third season or a fourth season and that kind of stuff. Like sometimes they don't have a, a full plan and they just end seasons ambiguously because they don't know if they're going to get a next season. And so they don't have like a super long-term vision. So I don't know that they necessarily uh, even have one, but if the show doesn't completely disband the squad, I think the plan for this conflict is to it's character development. That's the whole point. It's making these characters more interesting. It's telling you who they are on a daily basis rather than just we go on missions all the time and do fun things. <laughs> mm-hmm. The conflict is to – we all have conflict. It's, it, they're a family. That's kind of what Echo, Omega alludes to in this past episode, and that's what it's like in our family. Like me and you, Melissa, like – yeah, there's times where things work great and there's times where there's a lot of conflict and it's turbulent, especially when we're all home at the same time. It's a lot of personalities and there's a lot going on. So mm-hmm. like that's what they were trying to get to here is that family dynamic. And I think it was just the the, the differences and in, in conflicts, whatever, just show that they're they are human, you know, and it makes them more interesting. What about you? Sorry, my my mic is. Haywiring. Sorry about that. I mean, if we're if we're going based off how production works, I mean, they already knew that they were getting a season two probably by the time that they had finished season one. So I have to imagine that the show already has season three in production. So, I mean, based on that, I have to imagine that they've been writing out this plan for a while. I mean, it's but what what do they say? It's like when you write a story, you should figure out how it ends first Mm. and then write how you're going to get there and i don't know necessarily how the lucasfilm uh animation story group works per se but i have to imagine that they have a somewhat of a planned out ending for these characters and as far as the conflict goes i think it's just like i think it's part of the character drama for this show I mean, I don't know if they're all necessarily going to split off and go off and do their own thing. I mean, for Echo, I think it makes sense because of, you know, where we saw him in the the Clone Wars and how his arc first ended with the Bad Batch and he went off with them and then now he's getting restless. So naturally he wants to get back into the fight. Right. I think Crosshair was literally like, hey, screw this. I want the Empire mm-hmm. and chose the Empire. So I think it's uh, honestly, I just think it's like character conflict. Good question, Neil. Thank you for your question. Appreciate it. Great insight. This is why we like doing the show. And if you guys would like to be featured on next week's episode, please write us at another Star Wars pod at gmail.com, your question and theory, or leave it a, a comment on the community page, which we update every week, uh, the day of the show. So we will continue sending out free t-shirts to whoever writes the best question. If there isn't one, guess what? No free t-shirts given. So if you want to claim that, claim it. All right, guys. I think that's pretty much it. We are coming upon some wonderful Star Wars content in the next few months here. So if you guys want to be participatory in that with us, with reaction videos and breakdowns like this, as well as other great Star Wars content that we have in the works, like our AI-based episode, please don't forget to like and subscribe. Click the notification bell so you're aware of when all our episodes come out. Please leave us a review on Apple's podcast, Spotify. You can watch video if you're on Spotify, but those things really help us. If you're leaving a comment here, if you click the like button, even if you click the dislike button, it helps us 
boost up in the algorithm and in the ratings. So we appreciate that, and we appreciate your thoughts on all these. It's fun to talk through this stuff with you guys because there's interesting thoughts that maybe I haven't considered before. So I know Melissa feels the same way. So thanks for joining us, guys. We will be back next week for episode 10 of The Bad Batch. And in two weeks from now, we'll be having some Mando conversations, which is exciting to say. Baby Grogu is back. Baby Grogu's so, back, baby. In the meantime, please like, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at star underscore wars underscore pod. We have great content there too. So go check it out. And we will see you guys next week on another Star Wars podcast. Thanks for joining us. See you next see time. See you guys next week. <laughs>